You're listening to the Living Word Church Podcast. To learn more about Living Word Church and our service times, visit us online at livingwordli.org. Today's message comes from our lead pastor, Doug Jansen. I was reading recently that the six-year-old charged $1,000 Grubhub on his dad's credit card without his dad knowing about it. But at least the kid was generous. He gave a 25% tip on each one. So we got that going. Isn't it amazing how generous kids are with their parents' money? (laughs) It's like incredible, you know? Like you forget to give your kids, you forget to have some cash on hand. And so you give a credit card to your kid. They're going to the baseball game. It's like, well, I bought like all my friend's lunch, but that's my money. I know, but what am I going to do? Not let them eat, but it's my money, right? They're so generous with our money. But have you ever looked at your bank account or your credit card statement? They've been like, man, that's, think that same six-year-old is charging $1,000 charges to mine because there's no way I've spent all this. And then you kind of do all the math and you realize, oh my gosh, I did spend all that. And we're discovering in this economy in this time that often there's this gap between what we have and what we need, isn't there? And I want you to think today about the gaps in your life. Maybe it has to do with money right now. You really need the, the Lord to provide for you, and there's just this gap. Maybe it's a spiritual thing, though. There's just this spiritual gap in your closeness with God. Maybe it's like a relational gap, like somebody in your life, and there's grown some distance between you, and you kind of need some help there. Maybe it's a gap between where you are in life and where you thought you'd be by now, and there's that gap, and you're like, God, what are we doing here? How, how is this going to change? How is this going to get fixed? What's going to happen? And today, I want to talk with you about the God who can fill the gap. And as a church, we're on this exciting idea of building together, right? Building up the street. And we've been on this journey for a while. Some of you guys are new to us, and so you're going to get to hear a little bit about that. Some of you guys have been with us through the whole process and going to update you on some things today. Going to cast some vision for where we're going. Going to let you know how you can help and just talk about this gap that we have even in this whole project. Here we still are in the school. We have the property up the street, and there's a gap between us being here and getting there. And so I want to update you on some of that and talk about that. But some of you are like, I don't really care about the building. I'm hurting today. And I have this big glaring issue in my life, and I just need some help with that gap personally. And so what I'm excited to tell you today is that God's big enough to fill the gap in your personal life as well as us for the church. Amen? I need some better amens today. Trust me. All right? We need some amens going today. All right? And so today I'm going to give you some, some building updates, some specifics, but also talk about what it is that God might be wanting to do in the gaps in our lives. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you will hear about an amazing gap that God filled for you. And I'm excited to kind of fill you in on that as well. So let me talk building for a little bit. And again, keep in mind that gap in your own life. Just think about it for a second. What gap would you identify you have in your life that maybe God wants to fill in this next season? But let me tell you just first off that I'm so incredibly thankful for our church family. You guys have been so generous as we talk about the gap between what we have and what we need. It's not an indication of a lack of generosity on our part or your part. You guys have been incredible. And God has been so good to us. And so thank you for being a part of this awesome church family. How many of you guys were in the old building on Wisconsin Highway? Just raise your hand real quick. How many of you guys were not? Okay, so that'd be the other half that didn't raise your hands, all right? Some of you guys are trying to get away without a hand raised there. You got to be one or the other, okay? So a bunch of you have joined us since then, and a bunch of you were with us. And you guys know a little bit of the backstory that over 40 years ago, Pastor and Kathy 
our, our, our executive pastor and his wife started a church in their home, and then it turned into some meeting halls, and then they built that property at 787 Nesconset Highway. And a pastor was a butcher, a butcher in the city. He had two butcher shops before becoming a pastor. And so once in a while, when we're feeling bold in staff meeting, one of us will call him Vinny the Butcher. It's like a little inside thing. I don't recommend you do it, okay? But a little inside staff thing, which we have some fun with. But God moved mightily there. In fact, every Friday... A bunch of our team goes out and we do what we call a prayer drive. We get in a car and we just drive through the community. We drive the streets and we pray and we ask that God would move in the communities. And we've driven, we've done this for probably 10, 12 years. We've driven all over in this continent, Smithtown and Hopog and the surrounding areas, just praying that God will do something really special. And recently we were out on that prayer drive and we were praying about the building situation and we just happened to drive past 787 Wisconsin Highway. So I just took a little turn to the property. And as we were there, both Andrew and I got kind of emotional, you know, because it was like, wow, God just did so much in this little building. Some of you guys were married there. Some of you guys baptized, were baptized there. Or your kids were dedicated there. Or some of you found Jesus there. And so incredible things happened at that special place. And over time, we outgrew that location. And that's a special thing. And this isn't like to pat us on the back and say, wow, look at us. But I just want to let you know God is doing something special here. The average church in America, 65 people. And so the fact that we outgrew that space is a God thing. God is at work. He's doing something really special here. And so then we sold the building. And some of you guys were with us during that uh, that, that project. And we did what no one should do. We sold the building before knowing where we were going, right? Like when you sell a house, usually you know where you're going before you sell it. But we sold our house and didn't know what was going to happen, but we knew God was up to something. And just a few weeks before we were literally homeless as a church, this opportunity here at the school opened up. And a little while later, the five acres up the street opened up and it looked like we weren't going to get it. And we prayed and we went through all kinds of ups and downs with us with it. And it was a long process. And Eventually, God gave us that beautiful property up the street. How many of you guys have been on the property? All right, this is the same as last time. The other people now have to raise their hand. How many haven't yet been on the property? Okay, a few of you guys haven't yet been there. You gotta go. It's incredible. Everyone that walks on that property goes, this is crazy. How did, how did this happen? God did something so incredible here. And so we really believe that God's at work. And we are just excited to see what God's gonna continue to do. And the whole reason we need to build a new space is because we really believe God wants to reach a lot more people. So if you think about Long Island, right, Suffolk County is home to 1.5 million people and seven out of 10 are unchurched. Now we don't want people to just be churched, we want them to know Jesus, okay? So we think there's a huge job ahead of us and thank God it's not just about us, right? There's a ton of great churches on this island. I'm friends with these pastors. I've been texting with several pastor threads even today, just talking about a bunch of stuff going on in our lives and our churches. We're praying for each other. And so God's doing something really special at this time on Long Island. And we believe we got a lot of people to reach. Everybody say Carol. Everybody say hi, Carol. All right, the reason you just said hi, Carol, is because she watches our stream every single Sunday. And a few years ago around Easter, she had just lost her husband. And uh, we sent out invitation cards to the community all around the school here to invite them to Easter. And she showed up and she put her trust in Jesus that Easter. And she joined Pastor and Kathy's community group, Vinny the Butcher, by the way, and joined their community group and got connected and then eventually had to move. And she moved away, but she still watches us every single Sunday. And you know what? There's a whole lot of carols out there. Some of you guys know Mark and Lauren Calder. They've shared their story here uh, at some of our services about the, the loss of baby Nate about a year ago and 
how it's been so difficult, but the Lord is the one keeping them. He is the one holding them together. And there's a lot of Mark and Lauren's out there that need hope in, in hopeless situations. Some of you guys are at our Good Friday service and you heard from Keith and he shared about as, as, as working in, in, in an ER throughout COVID, just the, the horrific things that he went through and saw and experienced. And yet that was the thing and that was the time God drew Keith close to himself. There's a lot of Keiths out there. Uh, this one's fun because he's in the room. I got permission to share this. My buddy Christian, a few weeks ago, left a service, fifth grader, saying, today I feel like I actually felt God. Felt God. And he said, I can't wait for next Sunday. There's a lot of Christians out there. There are people that need this hope. There are people that need to feel the presence of God. There are kids and, and middle-aged and, and older people who need God. There are families and singles and college students that need God. And so that's why we're doing this, not just to build a building, not just to get our own space and be out of a rental. Like We know that the Lord wants to do some mighty, incredible things. Amen? All right, there it is. Good. So I want to update you guys on where we've been, because the big question through this whole process is how much is all this going to cost, right? And many of you have been asking that literally for years, and we keep saying the same thing up until today. We keep saying, well, we're not going to say yet because we don't want to tell you it's one thing, and then it's a lot higher. We don't want to say it's going to be this, and then it's going to be that, because we want to be people of our word and make sure that you guys get the right information. And so as you know, we've been working with Monty, who's an awesome guy, loves Jesus, loves our church. You got to meet him a few weeks ago as he was out here, and he just loved being here, by the way, so enjoyed what God was doing. I said to him, one of the things I said was, Monty, like, what are you seeing happen here at the church? Like, Give me some feedback. And he said, I just love the emphasis on raising up the next generation. I'm so excited that you guys are pouring into young people doing the seven o'clock service. So you got families and kids. And so that was so encouraging to me that he sees that heart that we have. Um, he's done the design. We've paid for all the architecture. As I've said, you guys pledged a few years ago for the Reach LI campaign, $883,000, and we've raised over $1.5 million. So God has moved mightily. And so we see great things happening. And so what is the budget? That's the big question, right? And so back in 2019, before the pandemic hit, it was, the thank, it was Thanksgiving weekend before the pandemic hit, I had a call with an architectural group we were working for, with at the time. And I just, you know, they had put all their stuff together and they had gotten their, their idea of what the project would cost. And this is pre-pandemic, pre-all the inflation. And they tried to tell me it was going to cost $13 million to do this project. And I said, nice knowing you guys. We're going to go look somewhere else. And so we went and we ended up finding Monty. And so can you imagine 13 million now would have been what, 26 million with inflation and all the craziness? And so we said, all right, you know, what's this going to be? And so all these years and all the, you know, the, the subcontractors doing the bidding and all this kind of stuff, we finally have the price. A few years ago, Monty was saying, you know, pre-pandemic, we were looking at like maybe like in the five to $6 million range. About a year and a half ago, it, as inflation kept coming up, it, it seemed like it was probably going to be more like seven and a half or so. And here we are today in 2023, and the budget has come back at 10 million. We know that's a big number. We know that's a big number. And a few weeks ago, if you were in church, um, I closed a, a message called Supernatural God, and I was talking about our old situation. And I talked about how in 2015, I wrote the words, we're out of parking. I don't know what God's going to do next. I don't know where we're going. And I was really emotional. And you're like, yeah, Doug, you cry every week in church. That doesn't stand out to me at all, right? But I was pretty emotional because there I was. I had just gotten the news the night before, and only Kelly and I knew at that point. And it was weighing on me so heavily. 
And so I understand needing time to process that. Kelly and I, for a few days, just kind of kept that news to ourselves, and we allowed it to process us before we met with the staff and told the staff. And I got to tell you guys, I needed that time because by the time I sat with the staff, I was full of faith. I was full of expectation that we have a big God, a mighty God who can do anything, a God who can fill the gap. Amen? And I know that's a big weight, and I, so I give permission for a little processing time on that. But my heart today and my job today is to be a faith builder, is to remind you of how big our God is and how great our God is and the things that he can do. We're trying to be really wise, but I want to remind you that God can fill the gap. I want to remind you what he already did for us. If you remember the property up the street, the man who built all that, said he put $6 million into it, and we got that property for 1.55. So God's already almost filled the gap that we need, just in a different way. And so we know he's able to do it again. Uh, we're exploring all options. We want to be wise and good stewards. So we're looking at other lenders to see if they can give us lower rates. We're looking at phasing. We don't really want to do this. We're praying that God will just make a way and that phasing will not be necessary. But as you think about the new building, and as you guys have seen pictures of it, there's a huge wing that's just for kids. There's a 125-seat auditorium just for kids, plus several breakout rooms. There's another wing that's largely nursery space. There's another wing that's a huge gathering space, and then, of course, the auditorium. And so the architects are looking at, to get us on the property and out of this building, do we start with the auditorium and the kids' space, make the kids' nursery space one wing, because we don't need a 125-seat auditorium yet, although Joey told me first service was packed with kids, which is awesome. But, you know, what do we do? And so we're exploring phasing, which, by the way, just to let you know about Monty, when architecture firms start to do rephasing and stuff like that, they get paid a lot of money, and he's doing it absolutely free because he loves our church and he loves what God's doing here. And so that's a huge thing that God's doing. Uh, we can begin some excavations with some of the cash that we have on hand potentially. Also, we have a good friend and businessman here in the church who's looking at importing some things directly and trying to save some money. So we're exploring all different options and all different things. But again, having said all of that, I have to just remind you of the size of the God that we serve. Amen? How big he is. How able he is. At the Reach LI meeting the other night, we talked about this, and as I got to fill families in and let people know in that small, smaller group meeting what the budget was and all that, so many of you came up to me to say, Doug, God's got this. God's able. Yeah, it's big, but God's good. As I've had some conversations with some of you guys, you've been so encouraging, just reminding me of the faithfulness of God and what he's able to do. And so we know that God has this. And as we look at what the gap is, we're calling it the God-sized gap. Everybody say God-sized gap. Because that's what we have here, right? So between what we have in the bank and what the bank will lend us, we still need about $5 million to build what's drawn on paper. But we know God is able to fill that gap. And so let me just remind you a little bit from the scripture today about this kind of God that we follow and serve. There was a king named Ahab. Everybody say Ahab. And Kings tells us that he did more evil than any other king before him. He blamed uh, Elijah for bringing trouble on Israel, when in reality, he was the one that brought trouble on Israel by following a, a false god named Baal. And so Elijah knew it was time for God to show the people who he really was. And it says in 1 Kings 18, and you might remember this if you were at our Reach LI meeting a few weeks ago, Andrew just referenced this as we sang a closing song, because when Pastor and, and, and our team met and we talked about this huge kind of mountain in front of us, Pastor Ravone said, you know, 
kind of reminds me of the story of Elijah. And so both Andrew and I kind of referenced this. And I want to jump in and dive into 1 Kings 18, 21. It says, Elijah went before the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But the people said nothing. And so the people are following this false god, Baal. And Elijah's like, look, I just want you to choose here. Like, follow God or follow Baal. But let me show you who God is. And it says this in verse 23. Get two bulls for us. Let Baal's prophets choose from one for themselves. And let them cut it into pieces and put it on the wood, but not set fire. Everybody say, not set fire. That's really important because that's the gap. They're going to make an offering, and the gap is one of the gods has to set this on fire to prove he's really God. I will prepare the other bull and put it on the wood but not set fire. Then you call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord. The God who answers by fire, he is God. Then all the people said, what you say is good. So we have a big showdown. We have this gap. What gap do you have in your life? We know the gap that we have as a church in this building project. What gap do you have in your life? Let's keep going. Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one of the bulls and prepare it first since there are so many of you. Call on the name of your God, but do not light the fire. So they took the bull given them and prepared it. Then they called out on the name of Baal from morning till noon. Baal, answer us, they shouted, but there was no response. No one answered, and they danced around the altar they had made. So the people are desperate for Baal to respond to the point that they start dancing around the altar. I just want to say, if you ever see me dancing, call for help, okay? First of all, I need it, because if I'm dancing to try to get God's attention, there's a serious problem. But secondly, you need it, because you've just seen something you can't unsee, all right? We're not all Paul Firth here with our dance moves, and so we all need some help if Doug starts dancing. It might take years of counseling to work through that trauma. Verse 27, at noon, Elijah began to taunt them. Shout louder, he said, surely he's a god. Perhaps he's deep in thought or busy or traveling. Maybe he's sleeping and must be awakened. So they shouted louder, listen to this part, and slashed themselves with swords and spears as was their custom until their blood flowed. So let's just not worry about the building or the gap in our life for a minute. And I want you to think about this. Their custom to get the attention of their God was to cut themselves and spill their blood. Now think about our God who allowed his blood to be spilled to get our attention, to rescue us. That's who we follow. That's who's in a relationship with you and me today is a savior like that. It goes on. Midday passed and they continued their frantic prophesying until the time for the evening service, but there was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. How amazing that our God is always paying attention. He knows what we need. One of my friends in the room here as I was talking with them about the building project said, you know, it's so easy for God to provide $5 million. So if we don't have it yet, there's a reason. There's what we call divine delay. There's, there's a purpose for this gap. And we have a God who's able to easily fill that gap, and that day is coming. But if it's not here yet, then there's got to be a reason, and there's got to be something God's going to be leading our church family through, and it's always going to be for good. goes on. Then Elijah said to all the people, come here to me. They came to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. With the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he dug a trench around it large enough to hold two seahs of seed. Seah is a measurement. Why would Elijah dig a trench to then be able to fill it with all kinds of extra items here, which we'll find out what those are here in verse 33. He arranged the wood, cut the bull into pieces, and laid it on the wood. Then he said to them, fill four jars with water and pour it on the offering and on 
the wood. Elijah's going, I want you to see how big God is. I want you to make, I want you to make it more difficult. So don't, you know, the, the, the pagans are worshiping over here asking Baal to light this fire, and it didn't work. So now I'm going to ask God to light it, but let me just go ahead and pour some water all over this to make it that much more difficult naturally so that when this happens, you really see it's God. And you know, as I think about our staff, even up until about two weeks ago, we thought the gap was going to be about a million and a half to two million, which we'd already done that. We've already raised that, right? And so we were thinking, all right, we probably got to about do what we've already done. Well, God's like, let me just add a little water (laughs) on the offering here in the middle of all of this. Then it says in the next part, do it again. So they added more water on the offering. It's kind of like, not only do we have to build this, or bridge this gap of this five million, but, but let's maybe do it during a pandemic or right after a pandemic and during a recession, right? Add a little more water. And then he says, do it a third time. He ordered and they did it the third time. And so it's not just that we have this gap. It's not just a recession and a pandemic, but the interest rates are through the roof. So let's just go ahead and see what the Lord can do in the middle of all this. The water ran down around the altar and even filled the trench. This is impossible just the way God likes it. Think about your gap. Think about our church's gap. Don't forget the God that we follow. Verse 36, at the time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I'm your servant, have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me, so these people will know you. Let's talk about that in a minute. Lord, our God, and that you are turning their hearts back again. God coming through in the gap. The purpose of it was that people would know who the Lord is and turn their hearts back to him. Can you imagine if in our little project here, God turned a bunch of hearts back to him and the people in this town and the surrounding towns got to see, wow, God must have done that because this little church on their own strength never could have, just like the property we have. Every time we step foot on that property, somebody goes, this place is just so incredible. Just want to let you know, I had nothing to do with that. I always joke, we've only made it worse since we've been at the property. That's how beautifully and perfectly God set that place up for us. It's incredible. He did the impossible. The realtors looked us in the eye and said, this is not going to happen. And God had very different plans. And he's able to come through in the gaps in your relationship, your personal finances, where you are compared to where you thought you'd be. He's able to come through in those struggles, those sin struggles. I just keep struggling and falling in this area. And you watch how God's able to come through and fill that gap. And I just love that the, the outcome of all this was people knowing the Lord, people turning their hearts back to him. Verse 18, then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones. Hello, it, it burned up the stones and the soil and licked up. I like that phrase, it licked up the water in the trench right? The water comes to life, so to speak, or the fire comes to life, so to speak, in God's hands, and licks up even the water. That there's none left. He fills the gap. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Imagine if the towns around us cry out, the Lord, he is God. 
I, I just spoke with someone recently. I honestly can't remember who it was, but somebody was like, I drive by that property all the time. You guys own that? Like, yeah. They're like, wow, God so blessed you with that. I was talking with somebody in the bank the other day, the banker. I was just like talking with him a little bit, and I guess he, he's looking at my check, says Living Word Church on it, and he's like, oh, he's like, must be a busy time for you. I'm like, yeah, man, crazy, Easter time. I was like, you should come. I was like, we're right up there. He goes, oh, I know where you are. I know your church. I know right where you guys are. I mean, people are seeing what God's doing in the community. People are seeing that maybe we don't even realize they're paying attention, but are you seeing today that our God can fill the gap? He can do it. Listen, I was so upset when I got off the phone call with Monty a few weeks ago. You can ask Kelly. I hardly slept that night. You know, just thinking about, honestly, today, talking with you about this and letting you guys know and telling the staff and telling all these people who have been so generous. And, and you, you saw me emotional up here a few weeks ago. But since that time, I've really been filled with faith that God's really big. And that's not on me. That's his grace. You know, we know that faith is a gift. We know that faith is something that we get by reading and hearing the word of God. We know that faith is like a muscle. You exercise it and it grows. And this is a season where it can grow. This is a season where God can do powerful, powerful things. So how are we going to do this? How are we going to partner with God in this process? Well, first off, I just want to remind you that this is a God issue. This is a God gap, right? It's not a Doug-sized gap or a Living Word Church-sized gap. It's a God-sized gap. And so he's got to come through and do his thing. He's got to be God in the middle of this. Years ago, when we were losing our parking at 787, my buddy Seth said to me, you know, Doug, God has a parking problem here at your church. You know, not you. God has a parking problem. And I feel the same is true right now. God's got a, a $5 million gap issue. And he's so incredibly able. So at this point, our financial coaches have said, all right, here's the deal. The rate of generosity determines the rate of the project. Like everyone's like, when are we going to be in there? I'm, I'm asking that question. When are we going to do this, right? And it really comes down to at this point, the rate of generosity determines the rate of the project. So there's some urgency. So what do we do in response to that? Well, the financial coaches have said, here's what we want to encourage you guys to do. For the last two, and a half, two, two to two and a half years, you guys have been pushing the Reach LI campaign. And now we want to encourage you to actually kick off a new campaign. Partly because we have a whole lot of new people. You guys saw how many people ra didn't raise their hands saying they had, had never been at the old, or didn't raise their hands saying they had been at the old, old property, right? And so a whole bunch of new people have joined us in this last season. And so we want to kind of get everybody on this campaign together. And we want to build the kingdom. We want to build the community. And we want to build the building. And so we're going to call it the Build Together campaign and see what God will do. Now, some of you guys are like, okay, well, but aren't we still doing Reach LI? You know, like what about all that? Well, just so you know, this is something our staff took really seriously and we sought God in a lot of prayer about it. And it took us a long time to make a decision. For about eight to 10 months, the financial coaches have been trying to get us to make this decision. And we just kept kind of, I don't know. We, you know, people are hurting right now. People are going through a lot. We're still kind of in reach a lie. And we talked through it and prayed through it. And we got counsel from the financial coaches. And eventually at the end of the day, here's what they said. They said, guys, we're, we're with you. You can do whatever you want, but if you delay in starting a new campaign, it's just going to push the project back further, you know, and we don't want that. We feel like we've got some urgency, we've got some momentum, and we need to go. We need to go build this thing, and so they're encouraging us to, to start this new campaign, and some of you are like, well, how will that work, and, and what kinds of people are going to be a part of this? I think there's going to be four categories of people in this new campaign. The first one are maybe new people to the church that weren't a part of Reach LI, and they might say, hey, we could gift toward this. 
I think that there's another category of people, and those are people who gave to reach LI, and you're like, that's all I could do. And we would say, God bless. Thank you for what you gave. If you know my heart or if you don't know my heart, I'm not a big pressure guy. I'm not a high, you must give that, you must give that. I'm a, I'm a big believer in let the Lord lead you. And some of us are in a, a phase of life where we can do a lot right now, and some of us are in a phase of life where we can't. And so if you've given all you can to reach LI, thank you, God bless you, we are so grateful. Do not let a $5 million gap make you think that what you gave was insignificant. It was not, it was so needed and such an incredible blessing. I think there's a third category, and that's those of us who gave to reach LI, and you're like, you know what, we gave, and God's been good, and we could give some more. And then I think there's maybe a fourth um, category of people, and those are people who gave to reach LI, but are still giving toward their pledging. And so we did a three-year pledge last time, and let me just give you an example. Let's say somebody pledged $6,000, and they gave 4000 of it so far, but they still have two to give left to reach LI. And if that's all you can do is, is just give the two and finish what you initially committed, then we've been encouraged to ask, pledge that toward the new campaign, and then we'll be all part of the same thing. And so this is kind of our part of saying, all right, Lord, we need you, but here's what we can do in the midst, midst of it all. And we're going to trust you with it. Some of you guys might be saying, well, how will the old pledging giving stop and the new pledging giving start? Well, we're going to talk all through that in the coming weeks and let you know what that's going to look like specifically. And if you guys have more questions, I'm sure you do. I would love to talk with you more about it. But one of the things that we've done is we've, just like last time, kind of printed up a sheet with some vision for you. So just quickly reach under your sheet. Well, yeah, you can reach under the sheet too, but reach under your seat and grab the sheet and, uh, you guys can check out on the one side, we got some awesome pictures of the new design, but on the back side of it, we really have why we're doing this. And then we have the giving outline for our Build Together campaign over the next three years. And um, so you can see, just like last time, if you were around, the core commitments, we need 200 people to commit to 3,000 over three years. I don't really like running through all these categories, but just go to the next one. Key commitments is five people went to do 25,000 over three years and then so on. I know some of you guys are really excited about that first legacy commitment, three people doing a million over three years. I didn't hear a lot of amens on that one, but I truly believe, I really do believe, I don't know this firsthand or anything like that, but it wouldn't surprise me if there is a one person in all, every one of our services all throughout the day, all three, who actually could pull that off. And then we have the rest of the giving over the three years. And then down on the bottom, it says Sunday, April 30th. And on Sunday, April 30th, we're going to be making our pledge together here. And look at me, everybody look at me real quick. Do not skip church on the 30th if you're not going to be a part of this, okay? It's like seven people in church that day, right? Still come, still come. It's going to be a minimal part of it. And it's really going to all be done through the church app. It's not even. It's not going to be like, come up here and put your offering in the basket. And we're going to have a flaming hoop you got to jump through and like a pool at the end or something, right? Like it's not going to be a, a big thing, okay? We're going to just... Give you guys an opportunity to do that, again, through the app. And so come and be a part of this. Um, we're so excited about the fact that God is big and awesome and good. And please, please know that what you give counts, even if it's a little bit. Man, we've got some college students who've given a little bit, but it helps. We've got some of you guys who, man, just right now, you're living week to week, paycheck to paycheck. Every little bit helps. But again, if you can't right now, God bless you. Thank you for what you have done and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Again, you know I'm not a pressure guy. It's just here's where we are. It's like family dinner. You got to sit around the table and say, all right, guys, we've been spending a lot, or here's the budget, or here's where we need to cut back, and here's where we need to give. And sometimes it's just information and getting the word out there. But you guys have been incredible. Again, our gap is not a representation of a lack of generosity. It's a representation of a crazy market at a crazy time. 
but you guys have been so incredibly generous, and we're just so very thankful. Next week, my buddy Phil Ling is going to be preaching. Come be a part of it. He is awesome. He's going to have you laughing. I've learned so much from Phil. He's helped me see a lot of really powerful things, and so I hope that you'll be here for that. And we just know that God's going to do his thing. He's going to show up. He's going to fill the gap. We're going to build the building, but it's so much more than that. We're going to build the kingdom. We're going to build into the community. And you guys have gaps in your lives. What is that gap that you need to bring to Jesus today? What do you need to bring to him and say, Lord, here's my thing. Here's my gap. Would you fill it? And I just want to remind you, and I don't like to overshare this, but if God wasn't a God who filled the gaps, then I wouldn't be here today. If God wasn't a God who did the impossible, then I wouldn't be here. My family was told many times I shouldn't have lived, and God did his thing, and he's faithful, and he's good, and he's awesome, and he's so capable. And so God is able to fill those gaps, not just for us as a church, but for those of us in our personal lives as well. If you're not a follower of Jesus, Jesus loves you so much, you already heard that he shed his blood so that you and I could know him. And the biggest gap issue we have is us and God. There's a huge gap that none of us can make up or fill between us and God, but Jesus came to be that gap filler. He loves you. He wants a relationship with you. I want to give you a chance to put your trust in him in just a minute. But church, be encouraged. Again, I know this is heavy. I know this is weighty. We got a lot of people praying for us. All my pastor friends today are praying for us, okay? And we're in this together. As I talk with people about the budget and on the scale of what we're trying to do, they're like, sounds about right. I want to remind you that we're really careful with finances. I want to remind you that every year we hand over all of our books to an outside agency who does a reconciliation, makes sure everything is looking good and everything is accounted for and where it should be. So we're accountable for all of that. And we want to see God do powerful and awesome things, and we trust that he will do it. And so, you know, we can do what we can do, but God could do what he can do. And, and just the right person needs to hear about this. You know, I'm a Mets fan. I'm praying Steve Cohen will hear about this. You know, we could build about 27 churches just this week, right? And so there are people with great resources, and uh, we're trusting the Lord to do his part because he can fill the gap. Let's pray together. Can you stand with me as we pray today? And, and would you pray with me? I know like at the end of the service, we, we, we pray together. But man, I need you today to pray with me, not just hear me pray, pray with me. So Lord God, you are good and big. God, you can do the impossible. And God, there's a lot of water on the offering today, Jesus. There's a lot of water. There's a trench around the offering. It's soaked in interest. It's soaked in inflation. It's soaked in post-pandemic recession. But God, you are able. God, you are big. This is your church. This church will go on long after me. It's not my church. And so God, we know what you want to do in this area. We, we know there's a lot of Keiths and Carols and Christians out there, God. There's a lot of Calders out there, Lord, that need the hope of Jesus, that need the message of Christ, the 7 out of 10, Lord, that it would become 6 out of 10 and then 5 out of 10 Lord, that more and more would come to know you. So God, we don't want to just build a building. God, we want to see your kingdom come. And so we ask you for help, God. May the right people hear about this, Lord. The right person. And may we just do our part, God. Whatever that is, some of us, it's nothing right now. Some of us, it's sacrifice right now. 
God, we just ask that you'll lead us. And I pray for all the gaps in all of our lives that, God, you will come through in such incredible power. Jesus, the person who is walking through this gap of addiction and needs breakthrough, the person whose marriage has fallen apart and is trying to recover, the marriage that is struggling and needs help, the child that is far from you, the, the bank account and just in our personal finances, the health issue, the relational issue, Lord, come through in the gaps. But God, I thank you that we get a front row seat to see you move here, God. I thank you that we get to be a part of this, God. And so, Lord, move mightily. Open up the heavens, God. And rain down blessing, God. And do something that we get to tell the story of. As we tell the story of that property, may we tell the story of this building, God. I pray in faith, Lord, that we will not have to take an ounce of debt, but that you will, over and above, give us what we need. I pray, Lord, that you'll expand the property out over the decades to come, Lord. Give us to the left and to the right, God. Expand out, Lord Jesus, so that your kingdom can come again long after I'm gone. Jesus, for your glory on this island. Thank you. If you're not a follower of Jesus and you need or want to put your trust in him today, would you pray with me now? Would you just say, Jesus, thank you so much for shedding your blood to get my attention so that I could know you and be forgiven, that you filled this God-sized gap so that I could know and love you. Thank you for this amazing gift. In your name I pray, amen. Hey, let's sing everybody together. We're gonna have this song as our anthem over the next few weeks and for this Build Together campaign. And we're gonna sing about the God that can do the impossible.